0: to the show this morning and if you've just joined us for the forum welcome to you as well. The situation in Burundi is tense as President Pierre Nkurunziza seeks a third term in office. Now in terms of Burundi's constitution and the 2005 Arusha peace accord, a president can only be in office for two terms. The constitutional court in that country however ruled that Nkurunziza could run for a third term on a technicality. His first term does not count they say as he was appointed by parliament. Guru Ziza is not the only African leader who is struggling with letting the reins of power go. There are so many others uh, that we can also talk about. And uh, we are asking you this morning on the forum at eight, how should we deal with African heads of state who refuse to relinquish power? And joining us for this discussion, uh, Professor Sumatota Fikeni, who is a political and uh, policy analyst. Thanks for your time this morning, Prof.
1: Thank you, Sakina, and good morning to your listeners.
0: And we also have with us Professor Gilbert uh, Jala, who is a Jan Smuts Professor of International Relations at the University of the Vidvatas Rand. Thanks for your time as well, Prof. Uh, thank you, and
2: good morning.
0: And I think at the onset, um, we we need to be clear that we are not saying that, you know, dictatorships are uh, something that's peculiar to Africa, but our focus this morning is, uh, of course, on Africa. So just to repeat that question that we have, how should we deal, how can we deal with African heads of state who refuse to relinquish power? Now, uh, to our panel this morning, just a rundown, and also perhaps for the benefit of our listeners, um, uh, uh, of uh, the longest-serving... Um, African heads of state, Theodore Obiang Nguema of Equatorial Guinea. 35 years in power. Yo- uh, Jose Eduardo Dos Santos of Angola, 35 years in power. Robert Mugabe of Zimbabwe, 34 years. Paul Bia of Cameroon, 32 years. Uh, Yueri Museveni of Uganda, 28 years. Omar Al-Bashir in Sudan, 25 years. Idris Debi in Chad, 23 years. Isaiah uh, Awekri of Eritrea, 23 years. Uh, Yahya Jame of the Gambia, 20 years. And And uh, Denis Sasu Ngueso of the Republic of Congo, 17 years to name the top 10 only. Now, is this a problem? Uh, Let me start with you, Prof uh, Figeni. Is it a problem at all that we should have people who are in power for such extended periods of time?
1: It certainly, on average, is a challenge uh, that you'd have uh, the same person over and over again, over decades. Because with the changes in the world, you do need a new blood, you do need a new thinking, and therefore you wouldn't have that it is stifled when you do have a situation where the same ruler is in the same place sometimes applying the same lens and prism to view things which are emerging challenges
0: so if this is the case professor kadi ajala you know um, how does the situation even come to be Um, if one considers you know africa had to deal with colonialism we defeat colonialism and now we are stuck with a different kind of problem how does that even arise
2: Uh, There are two ways of dealing with it. One is that you need people who can stand up and uh, throw away those leaderships. This has happened in so many, many countries. Last year we had Burkina Faso, where the leader tried to change the constitution to stay in power, and people stood up and they said no. So we saw that in North Africa uh, in 2011. There have been patterns in Africa where... Uh, people get fed up and they they have to go to the street. And they have to be prepared to, in fact, uh, die for for the cause of changing leadership. So I think the good news is that uh, there has been a trend for the last 20, 25 years for most of these leaders to get out of power after 5 or after 10 years or so, or 8 years. So I think things are changing. But meanwhile, we have to deal with the fact that there are others who don't want to live, And the only way you can deal with them is to make sure that there is a vigilant population.
0: And speaking of vigilant uh, populations, I mean, uh, what sort of powers do they actually have, Professor uh, Kadia Jala? Because very often, as is the case right now in Burundi, uh, the situation turns into one of violence.
2: Uh, Burundi is a unique case because it's been going through very many years of civil war. And then regional and international actors tried to help them come up with a constitution that gave the country some predictability. And that constitution is one of the best constitutions in the region because it, it's a power-sharing constitution, but it's also very strictly on term limits. Mr. Nguruziza is supposed to be in power only for two tasks. And there are no ambiguities about that. But the problem is that um, you know these people come to power, they get arrogant, and then they manipulate uh, tribalism, ethnicity. They continue to, in fact, to appeal to all these sentiments that created civil wars in the first place. So it's a very difficult situation. But my point is that ultimately, to deal with people, to deal with leaders who don't respect rules. You need at least a very active citizen that can challenge their stay in power. But we also need regional mechanisms. Uh, In East Africa, you have the East African community. These are mechanisms that are going to help these countries begin to solve their problems together. And part of these mechanisms is to say, how can we behave as reasonable men and women? We have to respect the rules that we put in place. The African Union also has the same mechanisms. They say African leaders should not overstay in power. So how can we make African leaders actually respect all these uh, rules and provisions and so on? But we also need, as I said, people who know who can stand up for their rights and who can contest these rights.
0: Mm, and, and, and Professor Figeni, and that is the question, you know, uh, these regional mechanisms—how effective are they? If uh, you know people continue to abuse the powers conferred upon them and stay in, uh, in power indefinitely, how effective are these regional mechanisms?
1: Well, any multilateral organization is as effective as its leaders are prepared to commit resources. If they are not prepared to commit resources, because AU. Sadak, ECOWAS, United Nations, NATO, all work on the basis of the member states willing to enforce or willing to be decisive. But again, coming to the point you made earlier, civic activism and constitutionalism, even amongst the judges, amongst the political leaders, to believe in the rule of law instead of rule by law, is key in the African continent of course one has to acknowledge the progress made through the new constitutional adoptions as well as elections and the peaceful changes of power but it remains the case as you pointed out that we do have quite a substantial number of people who have become more of an institutionalized entity of authority within their own states.
0: And it also raises the question of a double standard perhaps in certain instances where you have you know countries uh, that espouse a, d- a democracy in all its facets having cozy relationships with known dictatorships i mean how does that work professor beginning
1: well during the time of the cold war or any imperial relationship you will have superpowers which simply adopt certain states which are fairly autocratic, but for their geopolitical and security needs. But when they meet those they do not like, they quickly raise the issue of values. And uh, that is where the issue of uh, inconsistency uh, comes in. It's the same debate around the nuclear disarmament. The superpowers will be all over the place trying to get North Korea and Iran to disarm but they would be generally silent about Israel having the same weapons in the same region. And they are even more muted about their own weapons, which are nuclear arsenals, which they keep improving.
0: Mm-hmm. And then and also just coming back to this question of, you know, the citizens and their power. But 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 before we even look at that, why would people want to stay on indefinitely, Professor Kadia Jala?
2: it's a pattern that has been with us for a long time that uh, power corrupts and uh, corrupts absolutely so that's the key i mean um you go in, you go into office you like the parts of the office and you don't see life out, outside the office i think that has been uh, the the pattern globally uh, but that pattern has only been broken when you have very clear rules about time limit. uh Five years, eight years, ten years, you're out. Uh, Most countries have done it, but we still struggle here because, uh, I mean, we we lived after colonialism through many years of authoritarian rules, and they were accepted. I mean, we had military rules in in most of Africa in the 70s and the 60s into the 80s. These were accepted uh so most of the people who are still in power the lingering groups that are still in power from Via to mugabe were there before the the real dispensation they came to power before the democratic dispensation of the 90s so it's it's uh, understandable that some of them would still be around because it was a the common practice to be in power until you die so the problem is we're just trying to recover We're trying to create new rules that are going to uh, change that kind of that pattern of of authority and authoritarianism. This is going to take time, and as I said, if we are not as uh, committed to the rules that we put down, then we are are continually going to have leaders who are going to abuse their positions in power, and they're going to be around until they die.
0: Well, the question we're dealing with this morning, how can we deal with African heads of state who refuse to relinquish power. That's what we're grappling with today. You can call us on the number 0891 104208, SMS us on 34701, or you can tweet or Facebook AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And uh, just before we go to the calls, there, uh, Professor Figeni, it's not just about, you know, um, the incumbent uh, refusing to relinquish power. Uh, we've also seen in certain instances um, trends of uh, Dynastic politics. Um, Kabila, for example, you know, um, where his father died and then he took over, and 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 there are trends of those kinds emerging as well.
1: Well, <clears throat> there are such trends, but they are not as strong in the African continent as it is the case elsewhere. If you look at Syria, for example, if you look at North Korea, if you look surprise, surprise, at the Bush family in the U.S.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) So it is uh, not something of the norm in the African continent. Once a personal ruler dies, their children find it very difficult to climb into power. Uh, Very few exceptions you would have, like the one of Kabila, which emerges in the context of a country in the civil war, but ordinarily that is not a trend, Yes, we do hear of Grace Mogada threatening to climb, but I doubt she will have all the networks and the gravitas or even the backing of the security to make it true at, to the helm of ZANU.
0: Well, we're going to take your calls now on 891 208 That question again, how should we deal with African heads of state who refuse to relinquish power? Let's go to Khutatso uh, in Pretoria. Good.